Well, 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 boys, we did it. We made it to 2022, the long-anticipated sequel to 2021. And like most sequels, I'm sure it will be unnecessary and also bad. And we here on the pod people, that's our promise to you in 2022. Unnecessary and bad. I'm baby two-year Matisse Van Rossum. Uh, I'm... Numero dos, Ben Sheets. I didn't really think of this. Yeah, <laughs> okay. neither did I. I'm also the terrible twos or something. Um, <laughs> double the two just for you. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's it. Yep. Well, it's our first episode of the year. So we are going to be doing our, our annual tradition of taking a look at what the horror landscape looks like in the coming year and making some predictions. Uh, first, though, we have unfinished business from 2021 that needs to be wrapped up. We have not yet announced who won last year's prediction game. Yes. So we predicted 25 movies at the top of 2021. Wow. That's a lot of movies. Uh, 16 of them came out. Wow. So, uh... Honestly, not bad. Pretty, pretty not good bad. Ratio. Yeah, considering COVID, I mean, yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, well, we do have final results. It was very close. It within one point for each of us. Ended up being much closer than yes. we expected. The final results. I had ten points. Matisse had eleven points, and Cleveland hey. had ten points. Hey. Woo. Squeaked it out. We tied. Yes. I, uh, Incredibly close. Yeah, guys, what a close year. You guys really came back uh, towards the end of the year. I I had a pretty big lead for a while, yeah. I recall. Dominant. Uh, so then I just kind of dropped off, and I managed to still squeak it out just ahead. Um, I'll announce my picks at the end of the episode. Do we want to announce the gimmick for 2022? Let's do that at the end as well. Okay. Stay tuned for Stay a gimmick. Stay tuned. We, uh, we have something fun coming at you. Um, but yeah, without further ado, we've got uh, a lot of films that we predicted for this year, so I don't want to waste any more time. Let's just jump right in. Uh, ben, get us started. We have, what, 32 films predicted for this yes. year? Yes, but... Most of them probably won't come out. Some of out. them won't come out, you know, and obviously we don't have to see all of these. We also predicted whether we should see them at all or not. And if it's, you know, majority saying, no, we shouldn't see it, we just won't cover it. So first movie uh, coming out a couple weeks from now is uh, Scream, the new Scream sequel. Scream 5, I believe. Yes, right? directed by the guys who did Ready or Not. Bodes um, well. Written by the guy who wrote Zodiac, I guess. Uh, oddly enough. Weird, but okay. <laughs> um, oh, and starring a lot of the same faces we know and love from Scream, as well as Jack Quaid from The Boys. Interesting. Which character is he? Dewey. Oh, not the yeah, lead. Dennis, yeah. uh, he's Dennis Quaid's son. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've we've got Nev Campbell back, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, a lot of the original Scream cast. Uh, no Matthew Lillard, right? No Matthew Lillard. Okay. Um, and if it's, if it's bad, I can say you get what you Quaid for. Exactly. <laughs> um, Logline is 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro. A new killer emerges, and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. So they, it seems like they're kind of doing the Halloween It sure thing. is another one. 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> 25 years later, evil dies tonight. tonight. 
evil screams. Tonight. So inevitably, one of the original cast is going to be the killer, right? Like, probably. Inevitably. I mean, also kind of hopefully, though, right? Like that's kind of that's kind of what you want, yeah. I mean, it would be in the time honored tradition, but also it would be really predictable. I don't know. I can't say I have super high hopes about this one. Um, I've only seen Scream one and four. I haven't seen two or three. I, I've only seen one. Yeah, and it was one years ago. One yeah. is fantastic. Long time ago. And I'll probably have to rewatch it. Wes Craven movie. directed all of these, and then. Of course, he passed away recently, mm-hmm. so he wasn't able to direct the new one, so it's kind of a changing of the guard in ways. Mm. The Ready or Not guys make me hopeful. The yeah. thing that makes me a little nervous is um, this is another one where we've just been being bombarded by this preview for like the last several weeks, uh, and it just it does not look fun to me. Here's what I'm wondering, right? It's an R-rated franchise. Mm-hmm. So I'm crossing my fingers for a Red Band trailer. Before before release, if there isn't one already, I mean, I feel like There's they would have done that. Gotta by be now. one, yeah, right, and or just the fact that if there isn't a red band trailer, just the fact that like they haven't been able to show much in the trailer because it's got a lot of gore. But I don't know, like the trailer doesn't necessarily imply that. It's hard to it say. Does, yeah, the, the trailer doesn't make the movie look fun. But I will say the trailer for Ready or Not had kind mm-hmm. of the same problem. Yeah. And that movie ended up being a very pleasant surprise. True. Which is honestly the good way to make a trailer. Like don't over spoil your sure. show. Yeah. And, and not every trailer can be as good as like the T-Tan one, which you've already praised. Yeah. Uh, I think um, even last episode. But yeah, so I'm I'm hopeful. Um, or even more recently, you know, an example of like a kind of mid trailer for a movie that ended up being kind of decent was like the new Matrix movie, which I finally watched. Like I was watching the trailer and like cringing over like Neil Patrick Harris's like doing the sorry you triggered now bit. But like as soon as I started watching the movie, I realized like it was very self-aware yeah, and fine. It's a like, hard movie and it was to make a decent a trailer film. for. It was OK. Yeah. Um, anyway, should we get to our prediction? Yeah. yeah. Yes. OK, so we we have four questions for each. Um, should we cover this as the first? Um, yes. I said yes. I said no on this one uh, only <laughs> because, uh, not because I don't want to see it, because I do, but because we have not talked about any of the other Scream movies on the podcast, and I would love to do the first Scream at some point, uh, and it just feels like a weird entry point for Scream on this podcast to talk about the fifth one, but... I have been outvoted, so we will be talking about also, it. Also, in fairness, we did that exact thing with the Gudge, right? We did do the we same thing with the Gudge. We watched the worst Gudge yeah. to start. Yep, that's oh, true. Also, also, in Fuck You, It's January. Yeah, and yeah. I think I don't think any of us had actually seen the original Gudge when we went to go see no. it, too. Nope. And, uh, <laughs> still haven't. Yeah, nope. still haven't. Um, I finally have, by the way. Hmm. Um, miles better than the new I mean, film. Like, I mean, now it would not be. All, all three point. of them, way better. And the third one is not good. Um, I've seen those and the, the, the first two uh, Ring movies as well. Uh, I haven't seen the original, but I have seen the American ones. I've and seen, they I think the I've first seen original Ring American one is great. The yeah, yeah. It, was, one. I, yeah. I, it was a fucking masterpiece. But I, I, another day. We'll another talk day. about yeah. that later. We got a lot of good Um Okay, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you can start, Tease. I kind of don't know. Like, I think it has potential, but the fact that they're releasing it in January, the fact that the last one of these was like 10 plus years ago at this point, the fact that I don't feel like Scream has been very in the cultural zeitgeist as of late, I don't know. I'm keeping my expectations low. I said 66% on Rotten Tomatoes for this one. Nice. 
I'm in the same boat. Uh, very similar. I went with 70. Okay. I, I kind of had a system going into this. I, I said, I'm going to take whatever I think it might get and then take like 10 to 20 points off for it being a horror movie on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll see if my low-balling strategy works, but I went with 46. Wow, mm. okay. I think we were unanimous in our collective rating prediction. Oh, were we? We all gave it a three. Three? Yeah. <laughs> Planted safe, a little high, yeah. like favorable, on, but, yeah, but on mid. The, on the edge of good, but probably has some problems. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. no, that feels <laughs> good. Checks out, checks out. And then for box office. Box office is still... A big unknown with COVID, but now and with horror, we're as still well. using box office as tiebreaker, right? We can. Uh, it's yeah. up to y'all. It's fine. Well, I mean, clearly the system we've been using worked because of how close we yeah. all were. Yeah. Well, because what I what my thing about box office, and I think we we kind of talked about this off pod and agreed, is that it's a fucking crapshoot. I had the hardest fucking time like guessing box office for any of these things because covid just continues to be like a big question mark and obviously like big movies are drawing people back to the theaters and stuff and we go to the theater all the time but what movies will actually make people risk mm-hmm. getting sick to go see them it yeah yeah fucking know. also no, like none just, of us know when, it's when a it, fucking wild card even outside of that like when it comes to horror and marketing horror just the smallest amount of budget or like popular take on it can can astronomically increase yeah. the bu- like increase mm-hmm. the the earnings right like you look at a you look at an insidious next to uh i, I don't know like a another like great horror film that that is less known you know, and like it's it's it it really is like exponentially larger, yeah. like in in earnings, and I, and I think it, it doesn't just go for like the the James Wan hits too, but but it can be the difference between like twelve and like fifty million. Yeah, and so yeah, I think we should either do tiebreaker or half point. I think tiebreaker is good. Let's use box office as, as a tiebreaker point. Okay. Um. Well, for box office, I said eight point six million. I'm going high with this one with fifteen. Oh, wow. I thought I was actually being modest, but I've gone the highest uh, of us and said 20 million (laughs) just because uh, Scream is a, uh, though it hasn't been in the zeitgeist, like I said, it is still a recognizable horror franchise. People do recognize the ghost faced killer, uh, and I think that that alone uh, will get people to go see it in theaters in what seems to be a relative dearth of other movies in January. At yeah. Least, at least it's, horror. It's fuck you, it's January. It's fuck so you, it's, it's January. pretty unopposed. Yeah, yeah. so 20 million for me. Interesting, yeah. See, what I what I tend to wonder about that is, like, while I do agree, and I also think that um, Dead by Daylight has helped with, like, relevancy with sure. Scream. He's, like, one of the most popular characters to play as in the game, which means, like, a whole new, like, group of Gen Zers, you know, still interested in the franchise. Yeah, there is there is also the fact, yeah, I guess that it is it is January. And also too, like public opinion is going to be I don't know, I start I think it's starting to waver when it comes to like long term reboots, you know, looking at like spiral or, you know, whatever else. So Yeah, we'll diminishing see. returns. We shall see. Alright. So next movie is Morbius. Morbius drinking a four coming out, death basket. Coming out at the end of the month. It's coming out January. for real this time. We've predicted this one for before. real this time. Yes. I let us renew our predictions um, after seeing the trailer and stuff. Um, So this is directed by Daniel Espinosa, same guy who directed the movie Life, um, horror movie. Which I thought was okay. Um, Oh, is it the space one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It was written by Matt Sazama and Buck Sharpless, who also wrote Gods of Egypt, the 2017 Power Rangers movie, and Dracula Untold. Oofa fucking doofa. Raising my eyebrow at that. What? (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay, so it's starring Jared Leto, Michael Keaton, Jared Harris, Matt Smith, Tyrese. Logline is dangerously ill with a rare blood disorder and determined to save others suffering the same fate. Comic book vampire. Yeah, Dr. Morbius attempts a desperate gamble at what first appears to be a radical success soon reveals to be a remedy potentially worse than the disease. MCU vampire. (sighs) Jared Leto. I voted yes for us to cover this one because it's guaranteed to be a train wreck. Yes, absolutely. I said the same. I said no for the same reasons, uh, but obviously that will be entertaining. I I think it'll drag be, me there. It's I'm fine. It'll be a fun uh, train wreck. You know, I, I've said it before. I used to be more of a comic book fan. I'm pretty tired now, but uh, uh, I used to love the character. Uh, he was on like the '90s Spider-Man show that you know we grew up yeah, on. Yeah, he was kind of uh, cool, and he was cool in that. He does not look anywhere near as cool to me. Um, I, I thought his design was always fun, like with the black coat and like the blue skin and whatnot. But I'm seeing just, it in like cartoon CG realism is rough. I'm like, just intrigued. I don't know. I'm just intrigued. Jared Leto sucks. He does, but he always brings an insane energy to his performances. Mm-hmm. He was my favorite part of House of Gucci, which I thought was an otherwise incredibly dreary film, but he dressed up as fucking Jeffrey Tambor and did a fucking Mario <laughs> accent, and I thought he was delightful. Now, the real question is which Jared Leto super villain is going to be more damaged? Joker or Morbius? Definitely Joker. You can never get more damage than that. He has it tattooed on his forehead, my dude. You can never get more damage than that. Uh, So, okay. So we are going to cover this. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score prediction. I said 48. I also said 48. Oh, damn. Okay. (laughs) Um... I felt like I was being generous with a 50. Wow, that's I mean, be really it close. is an MCU yeah. movie, so. Yeah. This is why it'll be a good one to have Do a one of y'all want to change box it? office tiebreaker on this one. No, I'm You're sticking. You're changing to 49, yeah. either of y'all? No. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm sticking with it. Okay. okay. So, collective rating, I predicted a 3.2. I predicted a 2.3. Two. <laughs> you went high, Ben. I'm surprised. Yeah. I have a feeling that this could be like so bad. It's entertaining. You think, and... you think we're gonna have fun with yeah. it? Yeah, I hope so. I think we'll have, fun, I, I, I I think so we'll have fun talking about it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if I'm gonna sure. have fun with the movie. Yeah. Um, for box office, I predicted 28 million. Uh, I went as high as 60 million on this one. It's a superhero movie. People are gonna go see it. They yeah. always do. Yeah. Um, I went stupid high with it. Because I think I think that this is going to bring out the Venom crowd. People like vampires, mm-hmm. um, and people are dumb. So uh, two hundred million. Wow, it's <laughs> not going to be that. Nope. Just letting you know. <laughs> but uh, I feel I feel okay in my sixty million. But we'll see. I feel like I looked up some Venoms and if like were, other things. Like Venom's dropping, a little less iconic, but like if they were dropping this in like June, I would maybe agree with you, but if late... This was June pre-COVID. Yeah, late say, late maybe. January during COVID. I mean, I think it'll bring a decent crowd, but not as high as 200 million opening weekend. Yeah. I could be wrong. Because, like, Let There Be Carnage didn't do great, but I think I put it around that, like, mm. around Let There Be Carnage, which didn't do very well, but, like, there was still the Venom fan base. So I'm... 
I don't know. We'll see. The, the Marvel movie, you know. Yeah. Okay, so next movie is The Black Phone, mm. a movie we've been seeing trailers for that just got pushed to June. It was originally supposed to come out in February, but it should be coming out in June. It's directed by Scott Derrickson, same guy who directed Sinister, Exorcism of Emily Rose, and Doctor Strange. Um, it's also written by him. It's starring Ethan Hawke, Jeremy Davies, and James Ranson. We've seen the trailer. I can mm-hmm. give you the description. Mine as well. Uh, Scary man in mask abducts, abducts child. Uh, child uh, tries to escape with supernatural means. All right, moving on. Yes. Uh, should we cover it? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. I, I said yeah. Cool. I said also, yes also. also I'm, I'm, worth, I'm pretty excited about it. Also worth noting on this one, it's based on a short story by Owen Hill, who is Stephen King's son. That's oh. pretty dope. Uh, oh, didn't he not... direct, uh, or is that his other son? Didn't he direct uh, Honeydew? No. Does he star in it? There's, isn't there a Steven Spielberg? Oh, son Spielberg, in, right? In, eh, it's a Steven. Do. Um, <laughs> but once I discovered that this is an Owen Hills short story, it makes so much sense. It has a Stephen King uh, written all fucking over it. Yes, it, it does. Truly uh, does. But a little more grounded, maybe. From the trailer, a child uses the ghosts of previous child murder victims to escape from a serial killer. That's that's a Stephen King. It looks, well, no, I mean it definitely is. Like it's definitely that, but like it doesn't necessarily have like a clown that can become all of your fears and sure. you know like or but has not, straws for eyes. Yeah, but like, not all of Stephen King or that, you know exists on the back of a turtle. Yeah, but you know, or no, sorry, not on the back of a turtle. That's that's a different author. But there's a turtle involved. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So we are we're gonna cover this one. Yes. We all said yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Rotten Tomatoes, I uh, just go based off of uh, Scott Derrickson's other films. Uh, I'm gonna say a uh, safe 65 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So did I. Wow. Well, I said 71. It seems safe enough to be inoffensive to most critics. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Look at that. Uh, collective rating, what did y'all have? 3.5. 3.3. Mm. 3.3 as well. All right. Oh. See, this is why we need the box office tiebreakers, <laughs> yeah. because we're we're picking a lot of the exact same things. <laughs> um, for box office, I said 14 mil. I said 15 mil. 18 mil. All within a similar yeah, range. Yeah, very close. And the, and we're getting noting, good at predicting these things, Worth noting, when we predicted box office for this one, it still had its February release date. I could actually see it doing slightly better in June, but not enough that I want to change my my prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, same. Okay, what's next? So next is Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> directed by David Blue Garcia, who's a new director, written by a new writer, Chris Thomas Devlin, with story credit to Fede Alvarez of Don't Breathe and Evil Dead remake fame, uh, starring Alice Krieg, Elsie Fisher, and Sarah Yarkin. Yeah, so this movie is a spiritual sequel to Texas Chainsaw that takes place 47 years later. Um, yeah, it's not even a spiritual sequel. It's a direct yeah. sequel to the to just the original, right? They're doing the Halloween, Halloween. They're doing yep. the Halloween thing again. They're fighting for their lives against a 60-year-old Leatherface. 
Yeah, they say a 60-year-old Leatherface, but uh, if it's 47 years later, he was not 13 in the original <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Maybe so, it was a really big 13. So what we're looking at, realistically, is more like a between 70 and 80-year-old Leatherface. It's, I think this premise is terrible. I think it rules, um, and I'm excited about it. Uh, I, uh, I, think, I think that it's still going to feel... Probably more believably accurate than uh, the original Texas Chainsaw 2, which is a favorite of mine. I've since seen it since we covered the the first one, and I'm excited to watch it again at some point. Um, stay tuned for that. But I think it's going to slap. Uh, no, 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 I don't think that. Uh, cut that. Um, the, uh, I think it's going to be fine. Um, sorry, I'm just rambling. Uh, I, I think that the, the people involved are all decent, uh, and the trailer looks fine to me. Uh, it, I, didn't, I didn't really get any red flags from it. Well, I gave a lot of notes in the the stuff here. I pulled it directly from IMDb, and uh, it seems like they had some disastrous test screenings. Uh-oh. To the point where Legendary Pictures, who, you know, was originally Uh-oh. distributing, just sold it off to whoever would buy it, well, and Netflix oh, no. bought it. Originally, also, it had different directors. It was, like, two brothers. Shit, I, I didn't think, know that. Who oh, okay. Dir- who I put dir- it all in there. Oh, shit. Why do I, I don't read. <laughs> I, I know that they fired the original directors over creative differences. They had some pretty bad test screenings. I Shit, I, think I, this, I think this one's going to be a disaster. Um, Uh-oh. I, I, should change I, I think we it. should cover it. I do also yes. think we should cover it. Definitely. Um, absolutely. But I'm I'm going in with similar expectations uh, of the, the 2003 remake. I think it's going to be fucking awesome awful. I, Texas Chainsaw has historically had a very low batting average with uh, yeah. remakes and sequels and especially in the you know, aughts. And yeah, I saw Texas Chainsaw 3D in like 2011. That was fucking abysmal. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is going to be similar. The trailer while it doesn't show much uh, it feels a little bit too clean to me. The aesthetic feels like Haunted House but it's shot so crisply and cleanly that I didn't how, get how that. did Leatherface survive? Yeah, for on so his long. on his own, like as a deeply mentally ill, abused character who is so so mentally unwell that he is nonverbal in the original movie. He just yep. grunts and squeals. Like, yeah, how. There's there's way too many questions that I think this movie's going to do a bad job of answering. I did think it's pretty funny in the trailer that Leatherface does a John Wick and, like, digs up his chainsaw, like, out of the ground in the house he's been living in or whatever. He's like, time to go back to the old me. You know? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, uh, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes. Cleve, what'd you have for Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, well, regrettably, because uh, uh, I didn't read, it's on me. Uh, the 78, which is way too Whoa! high. Whoa! Way too high. I had a six. Yeah, I I split the difference, but closer to Ben's side, I said twenty three. I think those are much better. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm leaving it though. Fuck it. For collective rating, what'd you have? Too high. A four. Whoa. I had a one. I had a one point eight. <laughs> All right. And this well, one doesn't have a box office, obviously, because yeah, it's Netflix. Netflix. Uh, okay. So next film, we have the new Insidious film. This is Insidious. Five, four, five, five. Coming out in April. Um, there the dark is realm. <laughs> the dark realm. Insidious, the dark realm. Uh, directed by Patrick Wilson. 
Weird. Star of the Conjuring series. And the original and the first Insidious. And the first... I think the first three Insidious. Yeah. yeah. And written by one of the Halloween Kills writers. Uh, uh, starring Droopy Dog, uh, Ty Simpkins, oh God, and Spencer no. Locke. No. Can He's we back, not, baby. Can we not cover it? Uh, I said no. I also said no. Oh, thank Christ. Okay. <laughs> so we will be giving this one a hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Do we still want to go over our predictions? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll just be quick. Uh, for Rotten Tomatoes, I said 31. 40 here. Uh, 57. Nice. Um, collective rating, Two. obviously, doesn't matter, but point, I said 2.2. I said 1.3. Yeah, Two, yeah, we're not going to see and it. And box office, I said 18 million. I said 33 million because these Conjuring verse movies make money. People go and see them That's for true. some reason. These movies make money. I went, I went really stupid high on it uh, and put 140 million. <laughs> I don't even think the Conjuring made that. I, looked, I think it was like the Nun. I, I just looked up like you know, like uh, it's a very cynical 140 million. It's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so next on. movie is. Uh, a movie we're all deeply anticipating, we're The Northman. Yeah. The Northman. We're for sure covering this. Yes. Our egg boy at doesn't, it again. Doesn't seem to be a horror film. Don't care. Fuck it. We're still covering Fuck it. Fuck you. We're doing it. Horror elements. Yeah. yeah. We did The Green Knight. We can do The Northman. We're, we're, right. we're entering the Eggerverse again, baby. <laughs> the Robert Eggverse. <laughs> um, written and directed, of course, by Robert Eggers. Um, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke, Ralph Innocent, Katie Dickey, Halfor, Bjorgesen, and Bjork. Bjork! Your stacked fucking cast. Your yes. looks awesome in the trailer. Like yes. as an oracle, like fuck yeah, dude. So fitting. Stacked oh, fucking I'm cast. I am. Oh, yeah, we fuck. finally got the first trailer for this movie a couple of weeks ago. I am uh, immensely excited. Yeah, I couldn't be like more hard yes. for this movie. I think. I think you said Ben that it feels like it's Robert Eggers' Dune. Uh, in terms of scale, yeah, which uh, I agree, I agree with. It has the same kind of epic feel to it, and I'm very, very excited. Well, it's an interesting shift, right? Because Robert Eggers' past two films, Lighthouse and The Witch, are very isolated and uh, you know low Small. scale. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he expands that and mm-hmm. if he can pull it off. Um, I'm hoping he does. I think he can. Um, yeah, this is inspired by Amleth, which was the inspiration for Hamlet. Hamlet right? Yeah, very um, obvious from the trailer. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Killed my mother, killed my father. Yeah, time for revenge. Well, yeah, yeah. His uncle kills his father, yeah, marries his mother. He comes back for re- after a long exile for revenge. Yeah. It is just Hamlet. Fuck yeah! And of course, we all said we should cover this. Hundred um, percent. I said Rotten Tomatoes of ninety two. I said ninety. I said 88. It's probably going to fall somewhere in that range. Because, you know, it's a classy film. I don't know. We'll see. I said collective rating of four and a half. I said collective rating of five. Same. Yeah. I could see it being a golden pod. Yeah, I I hedged my bets just in case. Um, Box office said 18 million. Me too. Spot on. 18 million. I went really high. Again, I keep doing this. I keep highballing with 60 million. Oh, man. I hope so. I would love that. Same. If this movie makes 60 million... Opening weekend, I would be so happy for them. I don't think it will. Oh, is it just opening weekend? Yes, yes. box office is opening weekend. That's why I've been predicting so high, is I've just been doing, like, 
box office. Gotcha. That's because yeah. it just says box office there. So I thought it was like box office. So I've been like looking up and comparing based on like box office and not like opening weekend box office. Well, see, when we go to we go to see these movies right when they come out. So all we have to go off of is opening yeah. weekend. Fuck. Uh, well, good thing we're only shit, using only box tie office breaker. as tiebreakers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So. Um, okay, so next movie is a movie called Nope. Nope. Coming out in July, written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yeun, and Daniel Kaluuya. We have a poster for this and nothing else. Um, but it's, you know, our boy, Jordan Peele. I'm assuming we all want to cover this yes. one. Fuck yeah. Yes. Obviously. Should. Tease, what did you predict for Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 88%. Jordan Peele's movies tend to do very well um, uh, among the indie horror crowd, and they tend to be critically acclaimed. I think the critics will probably like it. Uh, 92. Uh, Nope is a really good name. It is. It's a really good name for a movie. Nope. People are going to dig that. Um, I said 88. I think people will start getting unbelievably hyped for this movie as soon as the trailer comes out. For sure. Yep. Uh, I said collective rating of four and a half. Same. Uh, I said 4.7. This is the kind of movie where I think two of us will give it a perfect five and one will give it a four and a half. Mm, I could see that. Um, and box office, I went high this time. I said 50 million. I said 40 million. I think it's going to be up there. Once again, Jordan Peele is definitely a box office draw. Yeah. Well, he makes he makes very good high concept horror movies that uh, even that that sort of bridge the gap between the indie crowd and the normie crowd. Mm-hmm. Well, looking up the bo- the total box office for us and uh, and forget out, uh, I went with three hundred million for the total box <laughs> office because I thought we were doing the total box office, which is why I like. Uh, but you know, we'll uh, we'll figure it out because that was the box office for that. So. Just, just I mean, again, this is, it's forward. not the first time we've done this, and <laughs> Ben included. Ago, I forget. And Ben included notes and stuff, and we talk yeah. about it. The fact that you misinterpreted it is on you. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not trying to shift the blame. I'm just saying what I did. Yeah. And so now you have to live with that decision. <laughs> Fair. All right. Moving on. Okay. Next film is a Stephen King ad- adaptation of Salem's Lot. Um, this is coming out in September. Um, written and directed by Gary Dauberman who directed uh, Annabelle Comes Home, wrote uh, It Chapter One, and Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, starring William Sadler, Alfred Woodward, and Bill Camp. I don't really know who those people are. Yeah, it sounded like you just forgot to finish Alfred. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the William Sadler sounds familiar, but I can't, I can't bring his face to mind. Is it just Alf? When you don't put the D at the end of it, like Alfre is how it's spelled. Which Alfre. Be, yeah, like, does the, is, is that part size just Alf? should be know. Alf. Yeah. Alf. So, yeah, it's based on the book Salem's Lot, which I haven't read, to be honest. I have. I've That's what Stephen King that I have not read. I haven't seen the the other film adaptation for this either. I know it was a made-for-TV movie. Wasn't it a miniseries? It was, it was a two-part miniseries. Like uh, it, kind of. L- yeah, like it. So I think it's similarly long. I think it's about three hours long. It's it, um, it's like I've heard it's good though. It's just Stephen King doing Lovecraft. It fucking rules. Yeah, Salem, Salem's Lot fucking slaps. Dope. Yeah. Well, I said we should cover it. Yeah, me too. You know. Wait, is it that? I know I've read it, but I've read a couple of Stephen Kings. That are Sal- Salem's Lot's a vampire one. 
Oh, shit, I haven't read it. Ben Mears, Fuck, a writer who spent part of his childhood in Jerusalem's Lot, Maine, also known as Salem's Lot, has returned after 25 years, 25 years, <laughs> to write a book about the long-abandoned Marston House, where he had a bad experience as a child. He soon discovers that an ancient evil has also come to town, and it's returning its re- the residents into vampires. He vows to stop the plague, COVID-19, of undead and save the town. <laughs> Wearing a mask will protect you from vampire. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. I don't think, uh, I don't have high hopes in terms of uh, seeing the director did Annabelle Comes Home, uh, but uh-huh. could could be good. Yeah, uh, Stephen King adaptations are about a 50-50. Hit or miss, generally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we all said we should cover this, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I said 62 I said 72. I think it'll be decently received. People tend to like Stephen King adaptations for the most part. 82. People well, like vampires. We all, we all went with, uh, with something two. Yeah. Speaking of twos, I gave it a collective rating of 2.8. Uh, I said 3.7. I said, stand, four, I stand, said 4.25. Oh, nice. Stay optimistic Weird. on this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, box office, I said 33 mil. 35 mil. Total for 200. <laughs> hey man you're the wild card on this one so if any of these tiebreakers end up being wildly more successful than we expected you might win yep yeah. and only then <laughs> and only then and only then um uh, okay so next film is a movie called don't worry darling uh coming out in september directed by olivia wilde hell yes written by katie silberman and carrie and shane van dyke who Wrote Titanic 2. <laughs> and the Chernobyl Diaries. Yeah. And The Silence. I've seen two oh, of those movies. I've God. seen Chernobyl Diaries and The Silence, and they are two of the worst horror films I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's Chernobyl Diaries. Yes. Oh, I've also seen it. The it found footage terrible. one that came out in like 2008, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I went to see that in theaters. It sucked. Yeah. Wait, there's so many found footage Chernobyl movies, and I've seen most of them. The Which side... one specifically is it? Uh, What's something that would? I, man, I don't. Fu- it's so fucking forgettable. Is it a squad they... movie? No, it's okay. not. It's, so it's not. It's not military. No, it's not military. It's uh, it's a group of tourists who hire a stalker to take them into Chernobyl so they can film and take pictures. Are they like whatever. dog people or something? Uh, they're not dog people. They're sort of like uh, they run around on all fours. I don't. I don't remember if they run around on all fours. They're like the vampire zombies from uh, I Am Legend. Oh, and are living there underground, and they've been like mutated by the radiation, but they like don't have skin. Shitty, it's, shitty it's movie. So terrible, I, dude. The logline for this movie is a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company may be hiding disturbing secrets. Um, starring Florence Pugh, Gemma Chan, Olivia Wilde, Chris Pine, Harry Styles, and Nick Kroll. I couldn't find a trailer for this. There seemed to be a bunch of fan-made trailers for it. Weird. Which... What? With Harry Styles in it, it makes sense, I guess. I guess, yeah. People are weird. Um, I said we should cover this. Same. Me too. I'm curious enough. I don't have very high hopes for it, though, yeah. I must say. Mostly based off of the writers. Yeah. I liked Booksmart, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, but 
I like Olivia I Wilde. Know. And uh, uh, Florence Pugh's pretty, you know, can, can be yeah, all right. Yeah, she's great. And uh, you know, Harry Styles and Nick Kroll's an interesting choice. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, so we'll it's an we'll interest. See. It's an interesting cast. Uh, what did y'all say for Rotten Tomatoes? I said 78. Mm, I said 55. I went high because the cast were the 82. All right. Well, I said collective rating of four. Uh, I said 2.5. Three here. Right and box office of 16 mil. 23 mil for me. 30. It's got a cast big enough that I think it's got a little bit of a draw. The fact that there's fan-made trailers makes me think it's probably going to yep. be higher yeah. towards one of your guys's. All right. So next film is uh, the finale of the Halloween remake trilogy. Halloween ends finally. It Halloween ends. dies this year. <laughs> Halloween dies this year. Directed, of course, by David Gordon Green. Written by uh, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. Starring J- Jamie Lee Curtis and Kyle Richards. We talked about this a little bit uh, in our Halloween Kills episode, but you know the first two movies are set chronologically right after each other. However, the third movie flash forwards to present day in a post-COVID Haddonfield. What's Michael Myers been doing all this time? How has he not died? He was wearing a mask. Yeah, that's true. How has he not died of COVID, even though he's an old man? (laughs) Michael Myers, he trusts the science. He trusts the science and wears a mask. Um, I want to die. Man, this time time last year, uh, I would have said, hey, another Halloween. I'm excited. Uh, After our experience with Halloween Kills... Uh, I'm not excited. I'm not excited for this one. I still think we should cover it yeah. because we have to. Uh, it would be weird if we didn't. Uh, but for Rotten Tomatoes, I said 38%. I said 40. I also said 40. Nice. Yeah. Um, collective rating. Two. 1.6. 0.8. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> Box office. Honestly, you're probably going to win. Too. <laughs> yeah. Box office, 45 mil. Uh, I said 50 mil. I said 101 mil. Hey, you never know. Yeah, I mean, it's a Halloween movie that's coming out in October. It'll make some money, almost certainly. Okay, so next film is Orphan First Kill. No. (laughs) Okay, so this movie was directed by William Brent Bell, who also directed The Boy and Brahms The Boy 2. It's going to be boring and not fun. He... Uh, it was written by David Kagashell, who wrote the Scream TV show, which I don't know if you guys have seen. But I have it's not. Fucking terrible. It looks yeah. bad. No, um, thank you. And this is, and it's starring Julia Stiles and Isabella Furman. And it's a sequel to a film from no. 2009. No, no, no. It's a prequel. Excuse me. Il- Isabella Furman is the girl, the nine-year-old girl in the original. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, the premise of the original Orphan is it's a 33-year-old Russian woman who has a disorder that, like, keeps her from aging. Think Andy Milanakis. Mm. And so she's an evil 33-year-old lady that looks like a 9-year-old killing people and stuff. This one's a prequel starring the same girl who played the 9-year-old before... But she doesn't have that disorder, so she's an adult now, playing under nine years old. What? Yes. 
What the fuck? <laughs> so it's like a uh, what, what was the musical that came out this year that was like god awful? Uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, it's gonna be like a Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Oh god. Yes. I but, but horror. I know you guys said we shouldn't cover. This. Okay, I want to cover. Now this. I see why. <laughs> Um, I think I, my, my one concern though, is that it's going to be like, like that aspect is going to be like funny or whatever. And then it's just going to be boring. I could see that. Yeah. And so I don't know here. I, I also voted no on this one for us to cover, but here's the caveat that I will make. I still think that we should not cover it when it comes out. I just don't care enough. If it comes out and it gets some buzz for being like weird, so good, weird, train and, wreck. weird and but weird but interesting, then I'd be fine covering it after the fact or using it as like one of our uh, uh, catch ups. Seems like a good mid year end of year catch up. Yeah. So we're not going to cover this when it comes out. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I said it's going to get a thirteen. I said twenty. Twelve. Nice. Collective rating, I said 1.8. I said 2. 2. <laughs> nice. And box office, I said 18 million. I said 13 mil. I don't think anybody's going <laughs> to give a shit about this. I said 14. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was going for total. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even highballing. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving okay. on. Next film is a movie called Shut In. It's directed by DJ Caruso, who directed Disturbia, Eagle Eye, and I Am Number Four. Oh, God, I forgot about I Am um, Number Four. Uh, it's starring Rainy Qualley, who was in, uh, I believe she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Jay Korowitz and making his return after a decade, uh, Vincent Gallo. Vincent Gallo is what makes this intriguing yes. for me uh, the long line is uh, a single mom does everything she can to save her children after she is held captive this is a daily wire produced film oh awesome <laughs> i somehow missed that <laughs> produced by dalia sonnier as well oh, producer man. of uh all of the s craig Zaylor movies Oh man, so this is gonna be some like far right wing crank bullshit. <laughs> yeah, starring Vincent Gallo. Yeah, I I voted yes to cover this one for Vincent Gallo alone. Yes, uh, but now knowing that it's a Daily Wire produced, this is gonna be fucking weird one. It's <laughs> yeah, gonna be a fucking I'm weird. Kind one. of excited. It's gonna be reactionary and almost certainly. Yeah, I did see that it's going direct to VOD. So no box office. No box office. Yeah, I think we should definitely cover this. I said a Rotten Tomatoes of 39, considering it's a, a Daily Wire Ben Shabibo Yeah, movie. see, I did not realize that this was a Daily Wire production, so I said 71, because, like, Vincent Gallo has been in some, like, art house movies. Yeah. So, like, I figured that, like, oh, you know, maybe that'll, like, the critics are more likely to enjoy it, but now knowing that it's a, a, a Ben Shabimpas movie... <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I, I way overshot on this one. I'll, I'm gonna stand by it, but I way overshot on this one. 42. Okay. No way I'm winning that one. <laughs> I said a collective rating of 3.3. I said 3.2. 2.5. All right. <laughs> I don't want to see it. We shall see how that goes. Yep. Um, next film is Wendell and Wild. We predicted this one last year. Oh, oh yeah. This is a Henry Selleck film, director of Coraline, James and the Giant Peach, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a Netflix movie um, starring or voiced by Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key making a return. Fuck yeah. 
two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wild, uh, must face their arch nemesis, a, the demon dusting nun, Sister Helly, and her two acolytes, the goth teens, Cat and Raoul. We did have a teaser for this one. Seems very much like a kids movie to me. Yeah. Um, but I did. Su- I did say we should cover it just for some variety. I I feel like it's like like poor like uh, like Keenan Michael Key just being like please please <laughs> like Key, Key and Peele was so good and I haven't like fucking done anything that's like fucking yeah. like bopped since uh, like poor poor Keenan Michael Key because yeah. like, he's great and I love I love like his work and, and I think that he's just been in like some some you know like not like hit, like hit choices. Um, as films, and meanwhile, Jordan Peele has just become like the like the horror love, you know, of our yeah. generation. And yeah, so, I mean, he's produced some fucking doo doo ass shit, though. Yeah, Jordan Peele has. That's true. That's true. But um, um but regard like what it, you know, like, even still, like comparing the two. Yeah. So it's like okay, we can we can get back together, but it's got to be a little horror. So hopefully, maybe yeah. it plays to their strengths. Yeah, I, I said I, I wish it the best. I said we shouldn't cover this just because I don't think it's going to be horror enough. But it's on Netflix. It's not going to take any additional time really yeah to watch so that's fine uh rotten tomatoes i said 76 i said 82 80 all right and collective rating i said three and a half uh i said 3.8 four i feel like it's one of those movies that cleveland is probably going to rate highly because of the animation but i will probably think it's okay because it's a kid's movie unless the animation is bad sounds about right i mean based off the teaser trailer like the animation looks good i mean yeah it's it's Coraline and nightmare before christmas kind of animation so Mm -hmm. um anyway moving on so we have uh another sequel slash remake type of deal evil dead rise this is coming i guess it it's probably theatrical but it's also coming to hbo max Mm. um directed by written and directed by lee cronin who directed hole in the ground uh came out a couple years ago i thought was okay yeah i thought it was an okay movie um this one's also written by sam raimi as well um starring Alyssa sutherland lily sullivan and morgan davies a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. I saw in a in a headline somewhere that Bruce Campbell is like said he's not doing any more of them. He's too tired. And then like yesterday, I saw a headline. I didn't read the article, but it said that he is going to be in something Evil Dead Jason. So hmm. is Ash versus Evil Dead still happening? No, well, I, I think, think they can. Yeah, because okay. he's 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 tired. I didn't realize Samara Weaving was in that show. Oh, is she really? Yeah, nice. I didn't I realize she's that the lead in that. I've never seen any of that show. I I think it's interesting that Sam Raimi is coming back to this one. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny because I in Ready or Not in, in that episode, I remember comparing Samara Weaving to Bruce Campbell. And saying she she really has a lot of Bruce Campbell, Bruce energy, Campbell energy, which is yeah, funny yeah. considering yeah. she's in that, like because uh, yeah. yeah, she she gives it that same like kind Rubbed of like sarcastic yeah. Part, yeah. you know protagonist vibe that rules that that's pretty neat. Actually. Um, well, uh, I think we should cover this. Yes. Same. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. I said seventy six. I said sixty nine. I said seventy five. Nice. Uh, collective nice. rating. Also. I said four point two. Uh, I said 3.6. I'm keeping kind of low expectations because I really don't know what to expect from this one. I said (laughs) 3.75. Nice. Okay. It's nice. And then it's nice. nice. Uh, Box office, I said 44 million. 
Uh, I said 23 mil. This is 99. Excellent. Okay, so next film is one called We Have a Ghost, written and directed by Christopher Landon of Happy Death Day and Freaky yes. Fans, starring Jennifer Coolidge, David Harbour, Anthony Mackie, and Tignataro. Fuck yeah. Um, the logline for this is, a man claims to have befriended a mostly harmless ghost who be- bears a likeness to the actor Ernest Borgnine and becomes famous on the internet. Sounds fucking great. Yeah, I think we should cover this one. I'm definitely intrigued. I I like Christopher Landon. I If he can bring the same sense of camp and fun to this as he did in Happy Death Day and Freaky, no reason to think it won't be at least enjoyable. It sounds the least horror of yeah. what he's done, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. Should be fun. I said a Rotten Tomatoes of 80. Uh, I said 76. 88. Um, I said collective rating of 4. Me too. 4.5. Nice. And box office of 18 mil. Uh, 28 mil here. 16. All right. And uh, it seems like it's another year of the flagship horror directors with uh, Ari Aster's new film, Disappointment Boulevard. That is going to be real Um, disappointing, but somehow (laughs) in a good way. Written and directed by Ari Aster, starring Parker Posey, Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Ryan, Michael Gandolfini. Son of Gandalf, the, the late great Tony Soprano, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, Nathan Lane. Uh, Logline is uh, a decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. Uh, Ari Aster has described this as a four-hour-long nightmare comedy, and Fuck yeah. people think this might be a full-length version of one of his short films. We'll see. Of course we should cover this. Totally. Yeah. 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 Fucking wild that yet again we're getting Robert Eggers, Jordan Peele, and uh, Ari Aster movies in the same year. It's going to be 2019 all over we're again. I cannot sure wait. So. Uh-huh. I sure hope yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cronenberg, too, later. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, I said 93. I think people love Ari Aster. I, I, said, I said 85. 91. Uh, collective rating, four and a half. 4.6. 5. I think it's going to be a golden pod. Nice. Hell yeah. Box office of 44 million. Uh, an even 40 mil for me. 49 million. All within 40. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like that that's, feels about right for an Ari Aster movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's pretty consistently successful yeah. in that range. Yeah, and it's an A24 film, so like they usually bring in some additional audience just yeah. because of the brand. Yeah, yeah they do good marketing. Um, all right, so next film is a film called X, written and directed by Ty West, uh, who did House of the Devil and The Sacrament, um, starring Mia Goth, Kid Cudi, Jenna Ortega, and Brittany Snow. <laughs> Kid Cudi is a weird, so a really he, weird pull. I, I have a thought, without knowing anything about the movie, because I didn't read the synopsis, is if it's got Kid Cudi in it and the movie's called X, there's going to be a weird, like, mumble version of X going to give it to you in it. Oh, I, I can only Kid hope. Cudi does. Uh, I do have a logline for this, if we want to hear it. It's at a secluded farmhouse in Texas. A film crew arrives to shoot an adult film. Their host, a reclusive elderly couple, takes a special interest in their young guests. As night falls, the couple's leering interest turns violent. Sounds very honeydew. Yes, this this sounds interesting. I like Ty West. Uh, I like the sacrament a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, House of the Devil's pretty good too. It's been a long time yeah. since I've seen it. 
For Rotten Tomatoes, uh, I said 71%. 75. I said 72. Wow. Look at us. Yeah. Uh, collective rating, I said 4.2. I said 4. I said 3.5. And box office, I said 26 mil. 25 mil. 13. Well, uh, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, A24 film again uh, for that one as well. Uh, we have another Stephen King adaptation of Firestarter. Uh, directed by Keith Thomas, who directed The Vigil. Written by Scott Teams, who wrote Halloween Kills. Have y'all seen The Vigil? No, no. I haven't. I've heard it's good. I have. It slaps. Like, he's he's a very good director. I'm pretty sure it's on our list of uh, of Patreon picks. I think Sam suggested it. Yeah. So we might Word. get to it at some point. Starring Zac Efron, Gloria Rubin, and Sidney Lemon. After being experiment, well... It's Firestarter. It's an adaptation of Firestarter. If you want to know what Firestarter is about, read the book. I actually said we shouldn't cover this for some reason, but I think we should. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. I also said we should, yeah. yeah Stephen King might as well. I think it was because of Scott Teams writing it, but I said 60 for Rotten Tomatoes. 64 for me. I'm going high because it's, again, the Stephen King tie-in uh, with 80. Okay. All right. I said collective rating of 3. 3.2. 4. And box oh, going office, high. Interesting. box yeah. office of forty four million. Uh, I said thirty six million. Way too high with seventy five. Hey, Again, Stephen know. King adaptations mm. tend to at least make money, even if they're not good. Okay, so next film is uh, Bones and All, directed by Luca Guadagnino, mm-hmm. uh, who did the Suspiria remake. Mm-hmm. Call Me by Your Name, um, written by the guy who wrote the first season of The Terror. That's intriguing. Um, That's intriguing. Starring Timothy Chalamet, Mark Rylance, Jessica Harper, Chloe Sevigny, and David Gordon Green. The logline is Marin, a young woman, learns to survive on the margins of society. Very Um, vague. Yeah, that is is vague, but the people involved uh, make me excited. Yeah, Um, yeah. We excited. should absolutely cover. Yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely. Definitely excited to see some more Luca Guadagnino horror. Yeah. Um, the guy who did season one of The Terror, who wrote that, that's very appealing. Yeah. I love this. And the cast remake. and the cast sounds solid as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it does. Um, for Rotten Tomatoes, I said 90. I said 87. 77. Wow, that feels kind of low, actually. Um, we'll see. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Well, people. People love Luca. My collective rating is a five. So, like, I'm. I'm I think we're gonna love it. Like, yeah. I said a four. Mm-hmm. I said a four point two. Um, I might have gone higher, years. but considering how much Ben did not like the Suspiria remake, yeah, it seems safe. Keeping keeping it on yeah. the lower end there, yeah. just in case. Um, box office. I said eighteen mil. I said thirty five mil. I said forty. Oh, Ben's hi. probably a little closer on that. That'll line, be yeah, I, think so too. I, th- I honestly, when in doubt, I just said eighteen million. <laughs> I've said that for like ten movies. So. It's a comfortable. It's a comfortable low yeah. ball. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, next film is a movie called Men, mm. written Men. and directed by Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. Man, I forgot we were getting new Alex Garland this year. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I know this is one of the ones that doesn't have a release date. Yeah, but it is in post production, which is a good sign. Well, my fingers are crossed. Um, okay, so it stars uh, Jesse Buckley, sorry, and Rory Kinnear. Yes, a young woman goes on a solo vacation on to the English countryside after the death of her ex-husband. Very Alex Garland vague. Yes, uh, idea. Uh, of course, we should cover this. Yep. 
Um, Rotten Tomatoes, what are you guys thinking? Uh, I think 88%. What, 82? I went 92. Um, Definitely think it's going to be high. The critics and yeah. myself love Alex Garland. Indeed. Um, collective rating, I said four and a half. I said 4.7. Five. I'm hopeful. Golden pod. Yeah, I, I would love that too. I mean, fuck, Alex Garland's track record uh, in the last few years has been uh, sky high. Yeah, honestly, Cleve, I hope you get all of these golden pods because that means we're eating. Mm-hmm. That's right. This That's year. right. That's oh, yeah. right. Um, and for box office, I said 14 mil. I said 30 mil. I said 40. I hope so. It's yeah, an A24 so film, so hopes are high. Okay, so next film is the new Hellraiser, directed by David Bruckner, who did The Night House and The Ritual, written by David S. Goyer, who wrote Dark City and The, the Dark Knight. <laughs> and Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Um, as wow, well as... those movies had the same writer. <laughs> to me, that, that's he wild. also wrote uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Oh, hey, that, that game has a great plot. I'll, I'll die <laughs> on that hill. All go. the others after suck, but like Modern <laughs> Warfare 2 is fucking well written. I'll, yeah, I'll fucking I'll defend that shit until the end. It's until also end. written by a couple of the guys who wrote The Night House. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is so it's starring uh, Hayam Abbas, um, who's in Succession, Jamie Clayton, and Selena Lowe. It's a reboot of Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yep. Which we've covered on the podcast. Is this the Hulu one? Let I, me, let me, I, I can, I can verify that. Because uh, I think very there's quickly. a show and a movie. Yeah, I, I was already out. on the search. One second, Jamie Clayton. Yes. Okay, this is the Hulu one. Um, okay. Because Jamie Clayton is going to be playing Pinhead, and I am. Really fucking excited about it. Oh, I wanted to be good so bad. Like, because Jamie Clayton fucking rules. She's amazing in Sense8. I think she's going to be a fucking dope pinhead. Like a Nighthouse also. It has been mm. in development hell for a long time, a new Hellraiser. But I just think that's a That's just a legacy thing, thing. yeah. Yeah. Um, We're definitely covering this one. Yes. Yeah, I'm keeping my hopes kind of middling about this one. It's one of those things like Hellraiser has a pretty bad track record of bad sequels. Um, but David Bruckner involved, I've liked both of his last two films. Um, the writers in here are decent. Uh, so, you know, um, I'm saying cautiously optimistic. Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to say 72%. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, wanted, I just want to note, too, you have the notes uh, Pinhead is trans now, which <laughs> is funny because also I, I do also want to note that in the original, like in the book with by Clyde Barker, Pinhead is genderless. So All the Cenobites. There you go, like, yeah. All, exactly. Yeah. None of the Cenobites it's have fitting. gender. It's so, fitting. like, it's actually, yeah, a return to the form yes, yeah, and more accurate, which is fun. Um, that said, I'm concerned about the public being is keen on that i think that without that knowledge and from like a more external perspective uh uh people are going to see it is and, and maybe it is maybe it's done poorly and folks are going to see it as like them like wokeifying like hellraiser and uh, i think it's going to get a 66 i'm probably going to love it i think it's going to rule but uh i don't know i was speaking to some like some other people about it and they were just like Ah, it's not going to be what they want or expect or whatever. And, you know, like, I don't know. I'm it's it's one of the David Bruckner. Good, man. Yeah, yeah. David, David Bruckner. Good. Oh. And I'm not I, I'm not opposed to the idea of a new take on Pinhead. Uh, I think that has potential to be interesting. That being said, the original Hellraiser series, as bad as a lot of the sequels are, you know, 
Doug Bradley as a consistent pinhead throughout. It's the kind of thing where there's that risk of same deal as making a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street without Robert England as Freddy Krueger. It's a risk, and people are inherently not going to like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it has. I think it has potential to be good. I'm open to it, but uh, always taking a risk when you're rebooting mm-hmm. a horror franchise without the iconic actor who played the villain in like yeah. eight or nine of the movies. I think people it's, are gonna critics well, are gonna like it. It's yes. been a long time said, since I've seen the Nightmare mm-hmm. remake. Or whatever, but I don't think that the actor was the problem. With Jackie it. Earl Haley is not is not the only problem. Yeah, not yeah. the only not problem. The only That's problem. a good way of saying it. Um, I said a Rotten Tomatoes of seventy eight for this and a collective rating of three point three. I said three point eight. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes of sixty six. Um, I've already mentioned that, and a collective rating of four. All, All right. right. All right. Next film is a predator prequel yeah baby <laughs> called prey hype, hype hype directed by dan trachtenberg who directed 10 cloverfield lane and a lot of episodes of the boys he's great um yep and yeah, he, he's, uh, i think the tone is perfect the log line is the origin story of the predator in the world of the comanche nation 300 years ago Naru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Perfect premise. Yeah. Like if you're going to do a, a new Predator movie, this is the best way to do I it. I was not excited about this movie until that log line yeah, dropped, like, frankly. The fact that it's like it's in the fucking Comanche Nation is like, oh, perfect. Yeah. I, I am still lowballing a lot of my shit because we had similar hype about the last Predator yeah, movie. We we're like, ooh, Shane Black, this is going to be good. It's going <laughs> to be fun. And it ended up being a disaster. So I'm keeping my expectations tempered. But I do love Dan Trachtenberg, and Predators vs. Indians sounds like a fucking fantastic premise. Yeah, uh, for for this movie, uh, so I'm I'm cautiously excited. I think it's going to do okay critically. First Americans versus first Alien, man incredible pretty rad <laughs> uh i think uh i said 63 percent for rotten tomatoes i said 87 i think i think that like this is the kind of film that like the public can really get behind i think i think folks are gonna be fucking ready i went with my heart and i said 88 fuck yeah Ooh, look at you go oh, i hope you're right yeah uh collective rating i said four i said three and a half i said five i really wanted to be good (laughs) again Um, tempered expectations expectations. i hope it's a five yeah um box office i said 52 mil i said 55 mil i said 99 mil i hope you're right yeah yeah, 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 that'd be great uh so next film we have a return of a fan favorite director david cronenberg yes. directing a film with the working title crimes of the future i hope that title sticks i think it's good um it's very 80s well it is his the title of his first film his which, first short film yes which uh, is like 20 some minutes yeah it's kind of messy and confusing which but. this has been rumored to be a remake of but i also saw that existence had the same working title so it might be something completely different. Oh. Um, the log line uh, is pretty interesting. It says, It sounds just as ambitious, taking a deep dive into the not-so-distant future. 
in which humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. This evolution moves humans beyond their natural state and into a metamorphosis, which alters their biological makeup. While some embrace the limitless potential of their transhumanism, others attempt to police it. Either way, accelerated evolution syndrome is spreading fast. Saul Tenser is a beloved performance artist who has embraced this new state, sprouting new and unexpected organs in his body. Along with his partner Caprice, Tenser has turned the removal of these organs into a spectacle for his loyal followers to marvel at in real-time theater. But with both the government and a strange subculture taking note, Tenser is forced to consider what would be his most shocking performance of all. I'm super hyped for Fucking this. wild, man. It sounds incredible. It sounds like Cronenberg re-embracing his body horror roots, which some of his later output has uh, not been. Um, I never saw Maps of the Stars, uh, but Cosmopolis was just Robert Pattinson sitting in the back of a limo for an hour and a half. Still pretty good, but... Uh, Maps to the Stars is really good, but it's definitely not body horror. Yeah. So, so it's nice to see a return. I'm very excited by this. Cronenberg's the master. I'm saying a Rotten Tomatoes of 82%. 79. I said 62. Oh, really? Just because I think or, sometimes yeah. people can be put off by controversy. And body horror yeah. in general, yeah. Um, it's true. I, I hope it's yeah, higher I, I've got like that. a few peers in the industry, like they're like huge horror buffs and whatnot, but like body horror still isn't their thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I can see that. I hope I'm wrong. Same. Uh, collective rating, I said four. I said four and a half. Going five again. Hell yeah. I hope so. Here's the, Hell the yeah. golden pod. Um, box office, I said five mil. Oh wow, that's really low. I said 22 mil. I said nine yeah, I just don't know how big of a wide release this is going to get. That's fair. Yeah, that's I hope fair. it gets a wide release. Yeah, that's why I went low, too. It looks like Neon is distributing it, which that's they put decent. out some good stuff, Mandy and yeah. others. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited. Speaking of movies I'm <laughs> exciting, excited for, uh, the next film is a remake of The Toxic Avenger, uh, written and directed by Macon Blair. Uh, which I'm excited yes, about. Yes, uh, you know, I thought I thought I don't feel at home in this world anymore was pretty good. Yeah, pretty it was fun. pretty good, and I think he would be a fun director for this. Yeah, I mean, I I like all of his collaborations with Jeremy Saulnier. Like yeah. he's always he's a great actor. And what a cast! Yeah, starring Peter Dinklage, Kevin Bacon, Elijah Wood, Jacob Tremblay, Taylor Page. Sounds awesome. Um, yep. Remake, of course, of the OG trauma film. Uh, I'm very excited for this. I think Troma has such a legacy nowadays. It's almost like the modern Corman. Yeah. You know, for in sure. a lot of ways, just in lineage with people like James Gunn having their start with Troma. But yeah, I'm super excited for this. I thought it was funny that at one point Arnold Schwarzenegger was attached to this film. Man, that would have been fun. Um but it should be very, very exciting. I of course we should cover this. Yeah. Um I said Rotten Tomatoes of seventy trauma I, films. I said seventy nine because, you know, uh the cast and Toxic Avenger is probably the most well known trauma film, so I think it'll pull I think it'll pull a cast. I hope they I'm not really hype. I yeah. hope they uh, do There's it in the reason. style of Psycho, Psycho Gore Man. Me too. Oh, that'd yeah, be great. That yeah. would be excellent. We'll embrace the '80s. Um, collective rating. I said four and a half. I said four. I also said four and a half. 
Nice. And I said box nice. office of 16 mil. I said 45 mil going high. I went low with 12. Y'all are probably going to be closer to right, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to be the wild, wild card on that. I one. hope you're right. I honestly. hope so too. Um, okay, so next film is Pontypool. We talked about <laughs> we talked about David Cronenberg. We haven't talked about Brandon Cronenberg yet. Mm-hmm. We got a new Brandon Cronenberg movie. Hell yes, uh, Infinity Pool, starring Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. Awesome. Logline is James and M. Foster are enjoying an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of Latolka when a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture of hedonistic tourism, reckless violence, and surreal horrors. Very hyped for this one. Me too. Especially after Possessor. Mm -hmm. I am super excited to see what our boy Brandon is capable of. Pretty fucking cool that in the same year we're getting David Cronenberg and Brandon Cronenberg. And a Toxic Avenger. I love uh, A Cronenberg remake. It's going to be a big year for Body Cronenberg did not do the first Toxic Avenger. (laughs) He didn't? No. Who did? Trauma. (laughs) Lloyd Kaufman. The production company, Lloyd Kaufman. Kaufman, that's right. Jesus Christ. Um, I, sorry, I was getting... Because it's body horror, you know? Like, it all kind of... Sure. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I said 89. I said 90. I said 88. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not winning that I'm one. I'm not winning that one unless you get it spot on. <laughs> uh, collective rating, I said four and a half. I said five. I said five also. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, box office, I said seven mil. I said 20 mil. I said eight mil. Mm. All right, You're interesting. Yeah. Well, I went off I mean, of like Possessor. Possessor did, and... Possessor did not get a, a wide theatrical release, so exactly. I think that's fair. So yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking same. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so next film, God, we're getting director after director here. Uh, new Oz Perkins film, Head Full of Ghosts. Great title. Um, written by Scott Cooper, who uh, recently directed Antlers, um, starring Margaret Qualley. Um, it's based on a novel by Paul Tremblay. 20 years after her family was publicly destroyed with her teenage sister's mysterious affliction, a young woman tells the story in her own words, revealing a far more terrifying vision of what really happened in her childhood home. I'm excited for this one. Mm. I still love Oz Perkins based off of the Black Coat's daughter alone. Obviously, Gretel and Hansel was kind of a disappointment, I hope that this movie is more in the vein of the Black Coat's Daughter than uh, Gretel and Hansel. Uh, we'll see. I said Rotten Tomatoes is 76. 79. Mm. If Scott Cooper is good at one thing, he's good at making an okay movie. I said <laughs> 66. Yeah. So one one aspect about it that has me interesting, interested is, I didn't see Out of the Furnace, but um, you know one of my complaints with Antlers is like it has a lot of like, dead time where like the ambience isn't really brought out and if like the it, the film had like had more artistry like in that slowness and quietness i would have enjoyed it more because i like a slow quiet ambient film um and i feel like oz perkins does ambient pretty well because was, i was a little more keen on Gretel and hansel because of the ambience in it and of course we all love the the tension that just hangs in the air in black coat's daughter mm-hmm. so i'm hopeful i i think i think there's a lot of uh room for it and i'm slapping another uh five on it i think i think it could this could be i I believe i believe in all of them i think that they could they can bring it through i said 4.2 because i think that i'm likely to rate it high but i don't i don't know if it'll be a golden pod scott cooper making okay movies (laughs) 3.3 safe that's a safe bet (laughs) uh box office i said 16 mil 26 mil 
I might have entered a number in wrong, or I don't know, or maybe I just was going like high on the collective rating and low on the box office. I don't know. I put one million. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I was trying to like accidentally enter something hey, else. It's, it's the prices right method. Well, the price was just doing plus one. Over. It's yeah. not just one. Hey, you can do one. Yeah, yeah people yeah. do one dollar on the prices right true. all the time because it's true. closest without going over. Yeah. yeah, which we don't really abide by, uh, but. You know, I guess today we are. Here respect we go. it. <laughs> um, so next film is one that we've joked about a little bit. It's the Monsters reboot, uh, written and directed by Rob Zombie. <sighs> I have fucking no idea what to expect from this <laughs> what is one. this movie going the monsters to be? is like a family sitcom that like children watch like it's a children's show rob zombie is well known for doing like really over the top violent graphic horror i don't know what the fuck to God, expect this has to this be one. the most on-brand thing for rob zombie it is though, at the same but it's time. also weird right <laughs> and it's, it's something because like uh uh as our listeners may or may not know, Rob Zombie's biggest hit song, Dragula, is inspired by the monster car, the Dragula, <laughs> yeah. uh, of the same obvious name. So, weird. And I think I think that Rob Zombie, I haven't really seen, seen many or maybe even any of Rob Zombie's films, but I also know that he is starting to become an old man and starting to, you know, like, he's called the police he's on pretty, skateboarders and stuff. He's pretty curmudgeonly. <laughs> yeah, so maybe... He's been doing like, that since, like, the mid-2000s, really. Yeah, yeah so maybe, like, he's going to be really on his boomer shit with this movie. And, yeah, I, but, yeah, who knows? Is it... I think it's probably going to be bad. Do we know what the rating is for it yet? Uh, they, they said? Because that... No. No. We don't even have a title for it yet. Yeah, it's, it's still just, in pre-production. It, the working title is just The Monsters. I think it is. Isn't that just um, the title? Like, I thought they, they put no, out, like, a logo for no. it. It's called Untitled The Monsters Reboot. Weird. <laughs> it's the Monsters. Uh, probably. Probably, yeah. but it might have a subtitle or mm-hmm. something. Anyway, I think it's going to be a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it's going to be good. I said 46. I said 50. That seems generous, but... Yeah. Uh, collective rating, uh, I said 2.8, with the caveat that if there's not... A Dragula in the movie, then uh, one. <laughs> I said three and a half. I think we're gonna have fun with this one. I mean, there's def- there's there's gonna be he, there's gonna be a sequence where like he's driving the Dragula and Dragula is playing on the radio. There better be. Yeah, there better I, be. I can, it'll be like uh, the fanatic. Where, yeah, where they get where Devin you like you like Rob Zombie. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, you like Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Do y'all think, do y'all think that this movie is going to be like in the, the style of like the monsters show and not be like super violent or do y'all think this is going to be like a hard R monsters? I, do, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. really no, don't like, know. Yeah. I, cause yeah, that's why I'm can, asking. I think you can go either way. Mm hmm. Which I, I think which you want it way. to be? I want hard R monsters. I do too. Oh, yeah, I think that would be. More, I think that'd be more interesting. I'm leaning a little yeah. bit more towards the. It'll be more family friendly. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like I don't know if Rob Zombie knows how to make right. non transgressive <laughs> art. So like I. I don't fucking know. His attempt at it, though, would be pretty funny. Would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Here's, yeah, here's either way, it's going to be great. Here's the question. Do, oh, y'all, think, maybe, do y'all think he's going to do it in color, or is it going to be black and white? I think it's going to be black and white. I do, too. Me, too, yeah. Okay. Uh, did you say your collective rating, Cleve? Three. Okay, three. Um, what do y'all think for box office? Twelve. 
28 mil. I said 32 mil. I think people are going to go see this one. I don't think it's going to be good, but I think people are going to see it. I don't think people give a shit about the Munsters. But people like Rob Zombie. But do they like Rob Zombie that much? Maybe. He's made a lot of shitty movies that have done terribly at this point. He's made a lot of shitty movies that people defend vehemently. I think there's like four Gen Zers out there who know who Rob Zombie is. Yeah, but Gen Zers aren't the only movie-going audience. There's still millennials like us. I think there's four millennials so, out there who still like so, Rob Zombie. I think this one's going to get some boomer attention. It's if boomer, it's not, yeah. if it's if it's not like a okay, hard, okay. if it's not like a hard R-rated true, violent true. gore fest, yeah, boomers are going to go see. They're making a monsters movie. <laughs> they're not. Gonna, How fucking funny would it be if it's hard R? <laughs> they're not going to. They're not going to look into who's making it. Boomers don't know who Rob Zombie is, but boomers are being. Oh, there's a new monsters movie in theaters they're gonna strap you know they're gonna lace up their shoes and go see it and uh yeah it's i think it's gonna make some money awesome yeah so i stand by it um all right what's next so next film is uh a new darren aronofsky film oh boy uh called adrift written and directed by Darren aronofsky starring jared leto oh boy uh, <laughs> we're getting two jared leto well, movies this i year. will say on the on a positive it is based on a book by the writer of the original ringu that could be interesting um Logline is a fishing boat discovers an abandoned yacht with a strange distress call. A deckhand agrees to take loan control of it while it's towed into port, but soon discovers why it is called a ghost ship. Listen, I don't hate Darren Aronofsky. I like some of his movies. I think The Wrestler is fantastic. Black I even Swan like, is great. I still haven't seen Black Swan. I even still I even like Requiem for a Dream for all its flaws. Mm-hmm. Hated Mother. That was on our very first episode of the podcast. We talked about yeah. that. Hated that one. And basically, whether I like Darren Aronofsky or not, pretty much depends on how pretentious is the movie. When he's at his most pretentious, I really don't like him. When he's at his most grounded, I think he's good. Where is this going to land on that spectrum? I don't fucking know. The fact that it's a ghost boat movie makes me hope that it's on the not pretentious side. Art boat. If he somehow manages to make an art house ghost boat movie... But dude, I'm here for that. Starring Jared Leto. Starring Jared Leto. Oh my god! Leto. Yeah, I, I want to cover Either it way, regardless. Yes, yes I absolutely. Cover it regardless. God, art house goat boat. Leave it. Sixty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I said eighty. Wow. I mean, critics do love Aaron Ar- yeah. Aronofsky. That's Even true. Mother, they loved. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I probably, I probably lowballed it. What if it's like? Okay, so he did Pie, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, what if it's like Life of Pi and there's a tiger on the ghost boat? Oh, Interesting. I, I can only hope. <laughs> Do you ever think about like, what if Darinowski did Life of Pi instead? Darinowski, <laughs> I like it. Darinowski did <laughs> it. If he did Life of Pi, yeah. probably be really pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it would end with like, at first it would probably be in like black and white and it would end with like the, t- the tiger like eating the boy. Well, have you ever seen his movie The Fountain? I think, is that the... It's like the weird glowing tree... It's uh, it's like a Hugh, conquistadors in it, right? Hugh Jackman's in it. Yeah. It's like it's got conquistadors. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's like him as a character that spans like three different time periods. Yeah, because isn't it like a um, yeah, Ponce de like, Leon? He's like shit? yeah, he's like a like conquistador. He finds the, the fountain he, of youth. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
and then there's also one set in present day, and then there's one in the future where he's flying through space on a glowing tree inside oh, of a bubble. It's very life of pi in some respects. It's weird. It's it's okay. It's extremely it's his pretentious. Most pretentious. It's extremely pretentious. Yeah, sounds kind of like Cloud Atlas. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, you know, I haven't seen it. I thought I had, but the bubble tree is ringing absolutely no bells, and I remember that. <laughs> it um, does. It does have conquistadors in it, though. So you, you, yeah. you're at least semi familiar with it. With it. Yeah. yeah, like to a degree. Cool as a bubble tree, and Hyperion has a bubble tree ship in it. It's not the same. Yeah. It's really cool in Hyperion. It is. We should definitely cover it. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes of forty for me. All right, I say collective rating of four. I said three point two. So three. Interesting. I think the Ringu connection is the most interesting is the most interesting part aspect here. of it. Uh, sure. Box office, I said sixteen mil. Uh, forty eight mil. It's a fucking Darinovsky film. It's a Darinovsky film. <laughs> People gonna go see that. Yeah, uh, thirty. Right in the middle. All right. Okay. Not right in the middle. But well, uh, we have a few movies left. Uh, next is Meg Two: The Trench. Uh, directed by Ben Wheatley. That is the wildest aspect of this <laughs> movie to me. That Ben Wheatley is directing the Meg 2. Written by the writers of the first Meg and starring Jason Statham, of course. Ben Wheatley hinted that we might see Jason Statham facing off against not one, but several giant prehistoric sharks. I mean, yeah. that is how you do... It's the Alien to Aliens sequel yeah. thing. And you can't really call it the Megs. In the first movie, there's <laughs> one of them. In the second one, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we should cover this. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the Ben Wheatley thing is the most fascinating aspect to me. I'm still keeping my expectations low. Uh, I think it's going to get a Rotten Tomato of 58%. I, I don't said, feel like big shark movies do well critically. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not since Jaws. It's uh, it's going to be a mess. I said 40. I said 75. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, too. Uh, collective rating, I said 4. I said 3. I also said 3. The Ben Wheatley thing gives me hope that it could be better than that. But, you know, we covered, Ben and I covered the first Meg on the podcast a couple of years ago, and we both thought it was okay. It was all it right. It was decent. It yeah. had some fun aspects. Yeah, I think I was like, I had work, I had too much work or something. That was, that no, week. that was the, was that was the, that was before you officially joined the show. It was, was that it? summer before mm-hmm. where it was the transition where it was like just me and Ben for, mm-hmm. for a few months. Is that right? Um, yeah. Box office, I think 38, big shark movie. If it comes out in the summer, people will go see it. True. I said 62 mil. Wow. Yeah. I kind of hope you're right on that. Well, yeah, here we go. Shooting for totals because it's a big one. I said 400 mil. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hope you're right. The Meg 2 400 mil opening weekend. Yes. (laughs) Biggest opening weekend ever. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I hope you're right. Um, Okay, so next film is the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's adaptation. Directed by Chris Columbus, who famously did uh, Home Alone by Centennial Man and Pixels. Pixels. Yeah. Was Pixels' his latest movie? He also directed the first two Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But it is written by Scott Cawthon, who's mm-hmm. the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, who has recently been canceled for being a weird right-wing crank. But people have already forgotten about it, and a new Five Nights at Freddy's movie came out like two weeks ago. A new game. Game, sorry. Yeah. yeah, a new Five Nights game came out like two weeks ago, which actually wasn't made by Scott Cawthon. It was made by a different studio. 
Yeah, he licensed um, the IP to them. Yeah, I, I feel like they're, they're anyway. like six or seven years late for this movie. Yeah, hasn't this movie been in development hell for like ten years or more? And also last point? year we got, or was it this year, we got... Uh, Willy's Wonderland, Willy's Wonderland. this year, I think. Yeah. They announced this in 2015, I believe. I think the Willy's Wonderland probably really forced them to push. Yeah. If I had to guess. I think this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. But one that I want to see. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. watching a train wreck. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Like we've got a lot of fans like in our Discord and other stuff like that who are obsessed with Five Nights at Freddy's and try and like deeply analyze the lore to a wild degree. I think it's a movie about a haunted Chuck E. Cheese or it's a game about a haunted Chuck E. Cheese and you can only take that so fucking far. I think the fact that it's written by Scott Cawthon means it's probably going to get way too deep into that lore. Because it's, from what I understand, the latter Five Nights games do also, and I think that's going to be awful. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's fucking Charles Entertainment cheese. Like, it's not... Why why does it have deep lore? And I like, don't understand. And like you said, Ben, ten years too late. Yeah. Like... That said, I think I think that uh, I think the the kids are going to go out for this one. Children love fucking, Five Nights. I think at I think the box office, like yeah, I think the box office is going to be fucking massive for this. I think I think that Willy's Wonderland paved the way, and I think that by comparison, people are going to love it because Willy's Wonderland was a faceplant and had Nicolas Cage going for it, right? Yeah, like this movie, like just has to be better than Willy's Wonderland, and people are going to fucking lose their shit, and it's not going to be hard to do that. I don't Chris know Columbus knows how to make family films, man. Home Alone? That's true. Perfect Christmas movie. Yeah, but Pixels. <laughs> I don't know. Did kids More like recent. I don't, I don't know. know. Home Alone yeah. is like fucking... Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been like, a long time. It's uh, enough time to unlearn all your shit. <laughs> Chris yeah. Columbus is also pretty old at this point. Yeah, and um, like, he's not going to be connected with the... You know what I mean? But maybe that's what it needs. That's the thing. Is like, he's an... I think Chris Columbus is like in his 60s or 70s. He's like an old man who's going to be trying to adapt a video game that's popular with children yes. mm-hmm. with the original creator writing it. I think it's a recipe for disaster and I think it's going to do terribly uh, with critics. Yeah. M- it might do decent box office, but for Rotten Tomatoes, I said 23%. I said 28. I said 44. The gamers are going to come out for this one. They will, but that doesn't mean they'll like it. Yeah. Uh, collective rating. I think we're also going to not like this one. Uh, I said 2.2. I said 1.8. I thought, I think that there's room for this to be a Army of the Dead scenario where we all go in, like, uh, with me included. Like, I'm still going, like, uh, but could be. Could be like, fun. Great or whatever. So I went with a three. It's safe on the rating. All right. It could be. Uh, box office, uh, 30 million. I said the I'm same. Be- I'm being a bit conservative. I said 35. Mm-hmm. Children okay. love Five Nights at Freddy's. It's true. Yeah, it's dude. true. The question is, will they be able to convince their parents to take them to see this movie? It definitely <laughs> won't be R-rated. Probably not. No. No. That would, I mean... You can't. Fool, foolish. No, yeah. If it's R rated, like, like, yeah, like, just loot, like, uh, you're losing so money, money on the table. Yeah. You are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, we've got a couple more. Let's. Yep. Okay. So next in. is uh, the next entry into the dark cinematic universe. I thought that was dead. <laughs> Wolfman. Uh, well, Invisible Man did really well, so yeah. They but is that, does it, it take place in the same cinematic universe? As, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. As the mummy? it's a it's a Bloom House. Mm. Blumpkin um, House. Yep. Um, directed by Darren C. in France, uh, who directed The Place Beyond the Pines. Haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen that or Blue Valentine. And it's it's written by a couple of the Orange is the New Black writers and starring Ryan Gosling. It's a Wolfman movie. Enough said. 
When Orange is the New Black came out, it was a very different time when it came to like social commentary and you could get away with a little bit more yeah. of, of those sorts of things. I don't know if the writers have learned since. Okay, do you all think that they're going to go like classic with it? And like, I don't mean period, but I mean like, yeah, I think it's going to be modernized. But do you think that they're going to like modernize it and make it like commentary the same way Invisible Man did? Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I, just, director, I don't know how you can like fucking capture lightning in a bottle like that twice. Like Invisible Man's films, commentary is so good. The director's films, like Pace, Place Beyond the Pines, are very ambient and kind of almost drive esque at times. So I think this one is probably going to be similarly like meandering and slow paced and kind of contemplative it's, so. it's a weird it's a weird choice for a wolf man yeah. i'm 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 intrigued i think we should cover it uh it's got enough decent folks involved in it that i think it'll do well i think i think ryan gosling is a great pick also i mean he's been in yeah. all of the other directors movies uh so that it doesn't surprise yeah. me but like mm-hmm. i can i can just see ryan gosling like really rocking like a transformation sequence he's a fine yeah yeah he's, he's you know a decent actor. Actor. like yeah i can i can call. see that I just hope they go practical with it. Me too. We'll see. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 78%, I think. I, I said 76. I said 75. Nice. <laughs> uh, collective rating, 3.3. Uh, 3.7. 3. 4. All right. All right. <laughs> Box uh, office, I said 32. I said 36. God damn it. Uh, this, yeah, that's the kind that really gives me 145 million. <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. Sorry, I like how pal. specific it is, but it's like way too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no. All right, so final film that we predicted. Uh, it's a an adaptation of a graphic novel by Charles Burns. Uh, this is Black Hole. Now, I've never read Black Hole, but I know you really like it, Ben. Yeah. You've recommended it to oh, me a few cool. times. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten around to it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It sounds cool. Uh, I, I really don't know what to expect uh, for this one. The I just remember that, like Disney's Black Hole where it has that one sequence where the guy takes off the mask and he's all scary and shit. It gave me nightmares. When yeah, I was a this kid. one's more like. I don't think uh, it has anything to do with that, though. In a body horror STD that spread along a bunch of teenagers. Oh, so, OK. Everyone's going to be making school. it follows comparisons, even though it follows is like. Yes. What Made intrigues, the really smart decision to be, you know, kind of more vague. What intrigues me about this one is that it's written by Roger Avery, who's one of the writers of Pulp Fiction, and Neil Gaiman. Yes. Now, here's the thing. That could be interesting. Neil Gaiman has been a writer on a number of shows that haven't been very good. <laughs> I am a huge Neil Gaiman fan. That's fair. I yeah. adore his hey, work. Just just because you're a good writer doesn't mean you're a good film writer. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, some of his Doctor Who episodes have been my least favorite, which it's ooh. fucking Doctor Who. Yeah. Also, who knows? That said, I'm still fucking really excited for Sandman. And I think him being involved in production on that film was probably a good thing. Show. In this circumstance, I don't know. Hmm? Sandman show. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? film oh yeah no show yeah series yeah Yeah. it'll be interesting seeing how that i'm i'm glad he has a hand in it Mm -hmm. um i said we should cover it i said rotten tomatoes of 76 i said rotten tomatoes of 48 i feel like the critics critics aren't gonna know what to do with this one i said 77 one above you ben oh man we'll see well uh collective rating i said four uh 3.5 just because there's a lot of unknowns Played a little safe. I'm going with four. And I think I think that considering like the the Mandalorian connection and it has that like teen horror vibe, which is coming back in a big way. And also, again, like a lot of people are going to be like, it's like it follows, but maybe with more of a budget or whatever. Like, I think 
I think uh, I'm going to go with a four, uh, predictively, and a box office of 18 million. I said 14 mil. Oh, 20 million. So nice. we're all in the same yeah. ballpark. Yeah, considering this film has been in development hell since like the early aughts, this is probably the least likely to come out. But yeah, gotta throw a Hail Mary on there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's funny, like kind of looking at it. Right, like, uh, so I was doing like total box office, like as I've as I've mm-hmm. reiterated to probably kind of an obnoxious degree. Feel free to cut any of it out. But what's neat is for all of the low end, move, like the 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 less marketed films, it still comes in at around the same place, mm-hmm. you know, because like the less marketed films tend to still make the most, like on opening weekend, mm-hmm. regardless, and don't have that same kind of like uh, staying power and like stuff. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. I put a lot of predictions for this list on there, but that's because we're fucking eating this year. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I, we're feasting. I'm, I'm excited by a lot of the, the slate of, of films for this year. I think that just based off the fact that we're getting a new uh, R.A. Aster, Jordan Peele, and Robert Eggers in the same year. Cronenbergs. And both Cronenbergs. Yeah, I think this has potential to be uh, 2019 all over again in mm-hmm. terms of horror movies. I think there's a lot to be excited about this year. And frankly, not a ton on this list that I'm not interested our, in. Our best of list is going to be really hard to pick from. Yeah, I, yeah, like I think it, there's... Like this time next year, we're going to have a hard time. There's some There's some on this list that I think are def, that definitely have a lot of potential to be stinkers. Yeah, well, most of them seem like fun train wrecks. Could, yeah. If they are I, train that's, wrecks. That's what I'm hoping so, at least. So, uh, well, yeah, we've we've got... A, uh, a slate of, of new films for this year, and uh, hopefully most of them come out, and the listener can stay tuned over the course of the year as we talk about these. I think now it's time to talk about our gimmick for 2022. Yes. The, for the first time ever, we are doing a year-long gimmick on the show. Hell yeah. yeah. For the first and probably only time. I don't see this being something we do again. But uh, we're we're doing uh, 2022, the squeakquel, uh, the sequel to 2021, or the sequel to everything. Um, so for our personal picks this year, we are going to be choosing only sequels, two films that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, We've put together a list. There are just shy of 40 films on that list for us to choose from. Should be plenty considering all of the new films coming out this year. And of course, Patreon pick episodes will still just pull randomly from that list. Mm -hmm. But our personal picks, it's going to be only sequels. Uh, Some films I'm very excited about on that list and some stinkers on there yeah. thankfully we have them spread out enough that i think we won't get to the bottom of the barrel <laughs> unless we want to unless we want to that's the thing yeah it feels like uh the front end of this year is going to be a lot of really good movies as we take the good ones off that list and as the year goes on we'll start getting into some of the more wild card to bad movies uh so it should be interesting but yeah that'll that'll be uh the pod people's 2022 the year of the sequel the second one yeah i think 2023 should not be the year of the three no no 
no. can't we can't do this twenty two no. is where we draw the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's a, a one time deal, and hopefully it's not a disaster. Hey, we've got some fucking awesome sequels in there. We do, like we do. Aliens, Aliens, Texas Chainsaw Two, Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2. Two. Like, there's a lot of fucking bangers in yeah. there. Yeah, some a lot of great films. Like, so, yeah, definitely some stuff to be excited about. I, I think one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is uh, you seeing uh, Texas Chainsaw Two for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be baby on that one. I'm excited. Great Um, Great film. Well, uh, next week is going to be our last little bit of 2021 wrap-up. I have chosen two films for us. Again, I didn't want to do three just because we saw so many new releases in 2021. Um, So two films I've picked. The first one is uh, Seance, which is the, I believe, directorial debut of Simon Barrett. Uh, who is creative partners with uh, Adam Wingard. He wrote The Guest mm. and You're Next and also Blair Witch. Um, <laughs> so uh, he released his directorial debut. The remake. Uh, yes, the, the Blair Witch remake. I, I want to say he also directed one of the new VHS. Yes, he did in VHS Congress 94. And Blizzard. I thought it was okay. Um, but... So, yeah, Seance, we're going to see what that's about. Uh, and the second film I chose for us is the Netflix film uh, No One Gets Out Alive, which is a film that I have already seen. Uh, I have some mixed feelings about it, but it's an adaptation of an Adam Neville book who uh, wrote the book The Ritual, which the David Bruckner film is based on. Um, I mostly just picked this one uh because i'm curious to hear y'all's perspective on it minus the source material because i'm wondering how much of my love for the source material dictated the problems that i had with it oh nice um and also so it can be another episode where i get to say well in the book uh, a bunch of times Uh, so I, i i love i love doing that oh yeah so yeah, that'll be next week. Uh, tune in for our uh, last wrap-up of 2021 with our reviews of Seance and No One Gets Out Alive. Uh, let's do a quick sponsor. <laughs> First sponsor of the year. Ringling goes the shelf. <laughs> Dingling goes myself. All right, here we go. And this week's episode... <laughs> Keep that in. This week's episode is brought to you by a real nice girthy one. End the year with a big, old, girthy one. Well, start the year with a real big, girthy oh, one. Oh, no. We're starting the year with a big, old, girthy two. This is the end of the one. <laughs> okay. This is, this is, yeah, this is, the, this is the year of uh, our lower 2020 girthy one, uh, and we're entering 2002. Well, 2022. <laughs> yeah, we're entering 2002. <laughs> yes, well, welcome. Jesus Christ. Christ. Welcome to 2000 and... And two. two again, <laughs> the sequel to 2000 and... I'm done. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, this has been another long one. Uh, we're also done. That'll bring us to the end of this episode. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. You can join... Uh, any of the three tiers, but if you become an honorary pod boy, then you get to suggest movies for us to cover on the show. So, uh, yeah, do that. Follow us on Twitter at pod people pod and at letterbox.com slash pod people pod. 
where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes. I'm on Twitter at Some Spooky Snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studio as we put out progress on It Stares Back. Drown Queen, stay tuned. Uh, you can also find my work on DreadXP.com. Go check out all the cool games that we're working on. We're working on some cool fucking games. We've already got some cool games out as well. It's fucking rad. Hell yeah. Uh, but especially by the, by the time this comes out, um, too. Uh, yeah, go check out Sucker for Love First Date. Uh, you can date Cthulhu. What else can you ask for? As well as two other members of the Lovecraftian pantheon, the King in Yellow, or Esther, I believe, instead of Hastor. <laughs> and, uh, oh, fuck, who's, who's, oh, oh, yeah, Nian Lothotep, uh, who's a big cat. Oh, fine. It's pretty rad. It, it really, it, oh, it's gonna be amazing. So, yeah, look out, look out for Sucker for Love. That's my shout out this week. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We're excited about a new year of horror and a new year of the pod people, and we hope you are too. Uh, Come back next week for more stuff. Okay, bye. Bye.